This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Hey Winnipeg, I just wanted to take a moment and first of all thank everyone for all the love and support over these past 12 years. It has been my absolute honor and privilege to be a Winnipeg Jet, to represent this city and represent this organization. My family and I can't thank you guys enough for everything you've done for us, all the support, all the love, all the friendship. Winnipeg is always gonna be a home to us. So on behalf of myself, my wife Sam, our children Louie, Lenny and Mace, we thank you so much for 12 of the best years of our lives and we look forward to rooting on the Jets in the future. Thanks everyone. That was Blake Wheeler uh, today placed on unconditional waivers for the purpose of buying out the final year of his contract. He will become an unrestricted free agent. Um, Jim uh, Cam Poitras here, Jim Toth. Uh, if there was one member of this team over the 12 years that you could consider to be uh, a franchise player, there's been a f- there, there's been other guys I would consider. Mark Shifley's been here since the beginning too. He's a, he's been a franchise player. Connor Hellebuck's a franchise player, uh, but Blake Wheeler I think would be the guy that you would place at the top of the list in terms of um, what you would consider to be a guy that's if, if there's a marquee. And has been for the last 12 years. Uh, maybe not as much the last few years, just age catching up. Uh, but Blake Wheeler is at the top of that marquee for the Winnipeg Jets. He was there on opening day on October 9, 2011. Uh, he was a part of the of the move over to hear the Atlanta Thrashers, been captain for seven years. And um, yeah, I mean, this this is this is this is a day of note in Winnipeg Jets 2.0 history. It is a day of note. It's the end of an era, and uh, era, not error. End of an era, um, and, and it's uh, they're moving on to the franchise. But look, Blake Wheeler, a, a lot like the franchise itself, grew up and became an all-star in the National Hockey League here, and yep. so is the Jets organization for a Canadian franchise who who moved from Atlanta. When you look at what this Jets organization means to the NHL compared to what the Atlanta Thrashers did. It's no question. And in a lot of ways, over the 12 years, it kind of mirrors what Blake Wheeler was. He came in as a, a highly touted fifth overall draft pick and uh, into the National Hockey League, came with Atlanta. He was um, waiting on to be a, a superstar, and then I think he became one. Now, some people might go a superstar, but he was an inconsistent scorer who had a big body and size and speed, and he developed himself into an NHL all-star and for many seasons was this organization's best player. Yeah. And um an elite passer on the power play. Elite. Elite. I'm talking up there one two in the entire National Hockey League. And one of the fastest players in the National Hockey League as well. So uh back to back ninety one point seasons. He became the captain of the organization. Uh all of this. I don't want to take anything away from today because this move was needed. Yep. And I think coming and I it's no surprise that they've done this. But when you look back at his time here, he holds many of the organizations and the franchise records. Um, I do believe when time passes and things go around by, he yep. will be here. Like he said in that statement, which was all class once again, mm-hmm. um, that he will be a big part of the alumni of this organization going forward. 
And I think he deserves his time. I think he deserves his time no matter how this ended for his 12 seasons here to everybody sort of stand up, give him a round of applause and thank him for everything he's done. Now, there's a reason why this is happening at this mm-hmm. point, and he's yeah. not writing out that last year of the contract, and he's not getting another one here, and he's not retiring a Winnipeg Jet, and, and that's part of the story. But the bigger part of the legacy of the 12 years is what he's done for this organization. And Cam, I want to emphasize this. He has literally bled for this organization. Yeah, he's given everything. He has given everything he can on the ice. And I say the same thing about Evander Kane, but I want to emphasize it more so for Blake Wheeler there are guys that have come through this organization um, that leave everything on the ice every shift. And having covered this team daily at the rink for about five or six years prior to moving into hosting um, Mm -hmm. and and covering the team, he's one of those guys that never took a practice off. Long before he was a captain or had an A, he was one of those guys that also, when it came to practice time, he worked just as hard on the ice as he did during games. And so... It's a changing of the guard. It's it's a move that's necessary, but I do think he deserves his kudos and his due for what he did for this organization. No doubt. Um, only one member of the franchise still with the team on opening day, October 9, 2011, and that is Mark Shifley. So what's going to come in? It's going to be a $2.75 million cap hit for this year and the next. These are just the parameters of a buyout. Um, it, it, it goes the the, the uh, twice the length um, of the of of the buyout, so it was for one more year. So it's going to be another two years affected here. And this this was the release uh, that was sent out, um, and these were the comments by Jets general manager Kevin Dayoff. We would like to thank Blake for his dedication and service to the Jets, the city of Winnipeg, and the province of Manitoba. We are incredibly grateful for the contributions he has made during his twelve seasons with the franchise, most notably the seven years he served as captain of the Jets and helped lead the team to the twenty eighteen Western Conference Final. Uh, from the first conversation Blake and I had when I became general manager, I saw his dedication to make our club a success in our time together. I always saw his drive to make himself and his teammates the best they could be through his work on and off the ice. Away from the or the rank, Blake and his wife, Sam, strove to embed themselves in the Winnipeg community, and they went to great length to exercise their celebrity to benefit numerous charities and humanitarian efforts throughout the city and the province. And, and as you mentioned there, uh, Jim, I mean, he leaves... He leaves uh, a lasting legacy as the franchise leader in regular season games played, points, assists, shots on goal. His 262 goals, third most in franchise history, uh, holds the franchise record for playoff assists, playoff points, tied with Adam Lowry for the most playoff games with 44, uh, franchise record for assists in a season with 71, uh, played in the 2018-2019 NHL All-Star Game and was named an NHL second team All-Star in 2017 uh, 17 and 18. What will Blake Wheeler's legacy be? Well, you know, these things are something that 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 do uh, iron themselves out over time. But during the year-end press conference, Blake Wheeler was asked something uh, along those lines. I gave it everything I had, you know what I mean? And I I, uh, I, I hope that that's good enough, you know what I mean? I There wasn't a day I took off. I guess that's the best you can do. And it seemed too as well, Jim, that the writing was, was sort of on the walls, that there was going to be a change in Blake Wheeler had perhaps played his final game as a Winnipeg Jet during that year-ender uh, when he was asked, do the Jets need a rebuild? There's no secrets, uh you know, what's coming up in the next, you know, you know, a couple of years. We'll see. We'll see what the plans are. Yeah, Jim. And, and this, this was a decision that I, uh, you know, that Blake Wheeler and the organization came to. Um, and it's, it's, it's a situation where this is, you know, while of course, you, you know, 
did the organization, I think if they had their wish, Blake Wheeler would have uh, retired as a member of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, perhaps as a, as a Stanley Cup champion, but th- that just becomes harder and harder every single year. Um, but this, I, I think, is, is, is one of those moves, Jim, and, and we talked about it before, uh, where it's good for him as well as it's, it's good for the team for them to, at this point, decide that they're both going to go their separate ways. When we dove into the stories that weren't breaking any news last week um, and just emphasized that I've, I've now confirmed the same stuff that they, it, they were moving on, it was mutual. Um, I think Blake understands that. I think Blake wants an opportunity to win a cup. I'm not saying the Jets won't be in a position to make the playoffs and, and battle for a cup, but I also think that at a time, look, the other part of this, uh, of and he was a captain in the leadership of whatever's going on and has gone on for a couple of years in that room, is it didn't come from not caring. Um, and I've often assessed from a distance what I feel about this team is it, many times is there's a guy who takes it as life and death, and that's Blake Wheeler. Yeah, There's other guys that want to win desperately, and then there's some guys that just don't, and it's hockey. Lifestyle. And it's, and Life, it's life, lifestyle. And I'm at the belief that if you're in the National Hockey League and all the pressure and everything that comes along with it, it should be fun. You're a pro athlete. It should be some kind of fun. Um, I think Blake Wheeler loves playing hockey, I think, he, but he is one of those A personalities that, like, I, look, we got in text already. Did he not give his left nut for this team? Literally. And Rude. and there are other players that, that won't. I'm not saying this this isn't the right mix or things like that, but that can rub people the wrong way. And and I understand that, the intensity of it and stuff. But I, I just think that we, we can di- dissect yeah. this all we want, but I also think it's time that this happened. I think it's time yeah. for a move. I think it's one of those moves that you would like to see it end in a better way maybe. Um, but I also think the way this is ending is going to make both sides, you know, down the road, okay with it. Um, Blake's going to go on, and we'll, we can touch on this a bit too. But like Dallas is rumored to be interested. Yeah. You and I were talking prior to this. I think on a really good team, he still has sixty points in him, without a doubt. Second unit power play guy, no fifty to sixty points in him. Absolutely. So think of the teams. He's going to get his eight million. If he wants to do a one year league minimum, seven hundred seventy five or nine hundred thousand. You don't think Vegas, Colorado, Tampa Bay, Dallas. At the age of 36, I you think that he's got maybe three more chances at this. Well, and, it's, and it's, about, for, it's about one-year deals going yeah. at the teams that he wants to go to. Listen, Blake Wheeler already signed his contract. He made his big money. That That's come and gone. It's time for him now to to chase a cup. And that, finally, that's, that's what it's about. And finally, because we got to go the Jets. The Jets just after running it back five or six years and just not getting anywhere close to what they wanted to get to from 2018, it's yeah. time to make this move. So I think it's no one doubt. of those parting of the ways that is going to be beneficial to both him and the club. Absolutely. Let's take a break. Let's go. We'll try Transition from what is now the past, Blake Wheeler, the past. You will not see him on the ice this year for the first time in history, other than games he was injured or missed or was arrested. That's going to be a, a shock to the system for Did Winnipeg you say Jets arrested fans. Arrested or rested? Rested. Oh, I was going like, to oh, miss no, that story. No, that's, was I away that week? He got arrested? <laughs> I better not say anymore. Uh, uh, we we go to what is now the and past. And it never was. I should clarify. I don't want Absolutely anybody driving off the not. road right that now. That is a total joke, without a doubt. <laughs> Anyone in the Jets organization is listening. That is a total joke. Um, We go from the past and now we look towards the future. Daryl Evans, LA Kings color commentator uh, is going to be joining us at 1230. As we look at what 
the Winnipeg Jets acquired and take a deeper look in a, with a guy, Evans. He's so wired into the LA Kings, such a big part of that team and that organization. What does he have to say about Velarde, Ayafalo, Kupari, and the pieces coming this way? And how does he think that they'll fit into a team like the Winnipeg Jets as well? A team that you can maybe look at with similar offensive numbers uh, to Mark Shifley. Well, a big insider saying there may not be that much of a significant trade market for that player. Who is that? We'll get into that as the show goes on. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. We're talking about buyouts here, Jim. Uh, Barry Trotz, he takes on 50% of Ryan Johansson's move, trades him out, now buys out the final year's of Matt Duchesne's three-year deal. Uh, Frank Cervelli tweeting, Barry Trotz has clearly placed an emphasis on one thing with the Preds as Preds GM culture. Duchesne bought out his remaining $8 million AAV over the last three years. Bio calculations per cap friendly, not pretty. For two of those seasons, there is a 5.5 and $6.5 million cap charge. A message sent by Barry Trotz to, yeah, the, to get his out. players. Get out of our room. There is a year of dead money at five and a half and six and a half the next year. Yep. Uh, not not clear, this upcoming season, but the following, the next following two. This yep. is the Mike O'Shea three and thirteen. I'm I'm cutting or trading our star, our number one running back because he's not team first guy. Yeah. This is what this reeks of to me. I've said this before. I'm I'm not a Matt Duchesne fan. I can't believe that um, Nashville signed him to that contract to begin with, or any team did, did given what transpired in Ottawa and his time there and. The video we saw from the, the famous taxi video cab yeah. that I didn't pay attention to the coaches meeting for two weeks now, and that guy's an idiot, and blah blah blah. Now, I know players don't like coaches, and they talk amongst themselves, but I just that is a clear that's a wow move. That's a I, I'm sorry, that's a culture. Get out of my room. Yeah, get off this organization. Yeah. And yeah. I wonder where he ends up if somebody else takes a stab at him. Well, he's not going to get he's not getting eight, eight, eight million AAV. No. When, when Matt Duchesne did not live up to his contract last year. He, I mean, he had, a, he had a not a bad contract year the year they made the playoffs. Other than that, he didn't live up to it. This is just coming out from Elliot Friedman. Blake Wheeler's agent, Matt Keeter, indicates the winger prefers the Eastern Conference, less travel, and a new experience. We'll see what evolves. We'll wait and see. Wow, the Dallas Stars, which is what Darren Drager They're not in the Eastern Conference. They certainly are but da- not. He was, Drager was reporting Dallas is interested. Who yeah. wouldn't be? If I, I again, no, there, if there's I'm, no joke, Jim. This, it's going to be 10, 12, 15 teams that are going to go after him. All those Blake Wheeler guys that trash him for he's years. Done. It's ridiculous. He's a third liner. No, he's not. He's awful. Um, he might be on a third line, but he'll be a damn good third if liner. I'm Dallas, Vegas, Colorado at a league minimum, I'm very interested. But if he wants to go to the East, Boston, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Florida, Keep going. Daryl Evans, L.A. Kings color commentator. He'll up unpack the deal earlier this week with Dubois and the guys coming back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Hey, Skyler. Um, how was date night the other night? Do you mind? Or oh, should unreal. We not? Yeah. Oh, we got to go? Okay. All right. No, it's all good. I'm not asking. Well, I just so see you know, you're clean you shaven and your hair's done. You don't have to any so of these thought, questions, Skyler. You're clean shaven and your hair's cut. I, I am... There's I'm clean shaven and my hair is cut because I have uh, other employment commitments after this. Oh, okay. I, I apologize. I thought. Uh, but it, it was awesome. Awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. Pacero's okay. moving. If you can get there before they move uh, from the Forks, which is a great spot, go for yeah. it. Where's it going? There we go. I don't even know. 
Oh, that's a, I, I haven't eaten there, but I've heard nothing but good you, things. You tell the girlfriends in church. She's like, we got to go before they move. My I wife would never, like ever spend weeks. that amount of money on a meal in her life. So I would yeah. never, she would never ever t- want to go to a place like that. See, she was in charge of booking and um, like, we're going on this day. Make sure you don't work and you're not golfing. And uh, then the bill came and she also took that. So I'm cool with it. <laughs> oh, cool. Come on. That's a good one. That's our a good next one. Guest That's won't like, our next guest won't like that. No. You uh, got to get that bill and pay uh, it, man. Of course, Blake Wheeler today has been placed on unconditional waivers for the purpose of buying out the final year of his contract. Uh, Blake Wheeler saying goodbye to him. We'll have more of that after uh, 1246. But Blake Wheeler now becoming the past of the Winnipeg Jets. We now look towards the future. And to help us uh, look at that is LA Kings color commentator Daryl Evans joining us now. Hey, Daryl, how you doing? I'm great, guys. How you doing today? Doing, doing well, Daryl. Doing, doing fantastic. You always pick up the check on date night, don't you, Daryl? Of course. Yeah. Oh, I'll talk to this new generation. We'll talk to Skylar about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, Daryl, um, I guess initial thoughts. Where were you? And what did you think when the when the deal got done and everything was, was said and done and uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois became an, uh, an official member of the LA Kings? Well, I had just arrived in uh, Nashville to, you know, to cover the draft, and uh, it got kicked off in a quick way for the Kings and, and the Winnipeg Jets. And with regards to that trade, uh, uh, I know the Kings have been active, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks with some of the moves that they've made, and a lot of it was to be able to create some cap space and uh, to be able to make a move like this. So I think it's a great addition for the LA Kings. It was a piece that over the last couple of years in playing against the Oilers in the playoffs that they definitely need. And I think the Winnipeg Jets get some players that give them a real chance to put uh, a few bodies into their lineup that can be uh, immediate, have an immediate impact and uh, be Jet players for, for a number of years. So I think it's a win-win for both teams, and that's exactly the way trade should be made. Yeah, it's a pure hockey trade, you're right. And, and given the circumstances, I think Winnipeg did really well. But also, it, like, Kopitar's got some hockey left in him too, right? Like, I think the plan, obviously, yeah. is Dubois will be the number one center there, but not for, I don't know, Daryl, what do you think, two, three years Kopitar's still got in him? Well, he's got one year left on the con- on his current contract, but, you know, the way that he performed this past season, uh, just like he's performed throughout his career, he's been very consistent. Uh, as the team continues to contend for a Stanley Cup, uh, I think his energy level, uh, his interest in playing will continue to be there. Uh, he's hungry for another Stanley Cup, and you know there's only a couple of guys left. He and Dowdy from uh, you know the previous Cup, so uh, he wants to be part of it, and he's real excited about the moves that the organization has made the last couple of years. Haven't had a chance to talk to him with regards to the most recent one with the block coming, but I'm sure that'll help him out a lot up the middle of the ice and allow the Kings as a team to be able to match up uh, against the opposition. A lot of size. Uh, he'll complement the power play. Another guy in the face-off circle. Uh, bring some offense, bring some grit to the game. And these are elements that the Kings have been looking for. Uh, and in order to get a piece like that, especially in the prime of his career at 25 years of age, you've got to give up some pieces. And it reminds me way back when uh, 2012, pieces that they were looking for when they acquired Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, and the Richards deal, uh, you know, ends up, you know, you're moving uh, Braden Shen and uh, Wayne Simmons, a couple of young prospects that at that time were on, you know, on the upswing. And, turned out to be great players and had great careers uh, in the NHL. So hopefully the results are the same here. And uh, like I say, I anticipated being a win-win for both organizations. Yeah. And since 2012, I mean, there's only been, uh, well, he had 74 points back in, in 2016, but Yonsei Kopitar had a great season offensively, his best numbers again, since 2018. 
Um, we'll talk about some of the guys on this way. And we, we actually had uh, Gabe Velarde on the show uh, a, a few days ago and really, really had a great conversation with him. Jets at noon on 6-8 Learn more about him too as well. And I, I think the biggest thing that he said from his time in L.A., uh, well, first of all, he said Tom McLennan was hard on him, really, really digging into his, the defensive style of his game. Uh, as well as the rest of the coaching staff. And he said that was the thing that he really, really took away uh, and is really going to look forward to, to bringing to the Winnipeg Jets is, is, yeah, okay, the offensive side is great, but the defensive side uh, is, is just as important. How do you think he has progressed on that side of the puck? Yeah, let's face it, you know, so many guys that come into the NHL, a lot of them have produced, you know, big numbers, whether in college, junior hockey, uh, playing over in Europe and things like that. And uh, you've got to be you know, taught, or not taught, but maybe uh, you know, pay, pay a little more attention to the complete 200-foot game because at the end of the day, what it does is it, it stretches out your career. Yeah, Daryl, uh, it's, it's easy to dominate on offense in, in junior and in college and stuff like that, eh? But then when the professional stuff comes in, I mean, hey, you've got to take care of everything. Yeah, especially when you're a big body like him. You know, yeah. he's a couple of, you know, well over a couple of hundred pounds. He's got strength. He's, you know, he can protect the puck well. But when you get to this level in the NHL, there's so many guys on every team that are that size, and then they've got the experience, so it makes it that much more difficult. So uh, I think he grew a lot, uh, and I think some things that uh, kind of added to him growing was, you know, switching from the center position over to the wing position. I don't want to say less responsibility, but it gave him a chance to pay a little attention to a smaller area, maybe in the defensive zone, especially for a young player. You know, you come in as a centerman, Centerman's got so many responsibilities, you know, making yourself available here, there, uh, providing aid for the defense and, you know, and starting to break out. So I think that allowed him to grow and, you know, probably uh, will give him a chance to, you know, move back into the middle of the ice if that's what the Winnipeg Jets are are planning. But he's a versatile player, exceptional vision on the ice, uh, soft hands for such a big guy. You know, a couple of times we've talked about over the years that he can stick handle in a phone booth at his size and, uh, he's he's going to make the guys that he's on the ice with better players because he's going to draw a lot of attention to the other te- the other team's checkers. And uh, like I say, he's not afraid to move the puck. Uh, he's only you know just beginning. I think last year was just the tip of the iceberg with the offense that he produced. And I think the Jets have got themselves a real solid player that, that could be with them for a lot of years. I want to talk about the whole package, Daryl. Uh, no Blake Wheeler anymore and, and no Pierre-Luc Dubois. How did Velarde, Ayafalo, and Kupari fit into this sort of uh, uh, 12 forwards that, that you are familiar with from the Jets when the Kings play? Uh, how do the, What do all three of those kind of as a package do for this Jets team? Well, it makes them a lot deeper as a team. Uh, there's definitely three guys that can play and can and play, play quite a bit. Uh, I'll just touch on Ayafalo as an individual. Uh, he played a lot of his career alongside Anshe Kopitar and Dustin Brown. So he, he can play on your first line, and yet he can play on your third line, and he's still going to have as much of an impact. He can play the power play. He can kill penalties. Left side, right side. He's even got a little bit of center in him as well. He's a great teammate. And uh, he's he's a better person than he is a player, so it's a it's a real win there for the Winnipeg Jets. Rasmus Kapari, uh, you know, another former first round pick. He, he's a great skater, long player. Uh, he took on some penalty killing responsibilities, tightened it up in the faceoff circle. I think it's probably the best thing for him because he's going to get a chance now to kind of re audition when he gets to Winnipeg. Uh, maybe get a more elevated role where he can play maybe in the top nine or maybe even the top six if things work out. But 
uh, I think it'll be good for him. And I think uh, he's he's got a little bit more in his game than than he's been able to put out in the first couple of years. And you know, we've already talked about Velarde, but I think as a group, you're going to get guys that have played very structured, uh, playing under Todd McClellan in the organization. They pay attention to detail. Uh, they know how to play a complete 200-foot game. So I think that'll something that'll complement the Jets' style of play. And, and, you know, they get some size in, in Velarde and Kapari, a couple of long players. And uh, with Ayafalo, like I say, you get just a, such a complete player that it'll help out. And he's really going to help out the uh, the young guys. Uh, having played with a guy like Kopitar's entire career, you learn so much playing alongside guys like Kopitar, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, you know, the Jonathan Quicks and things like that, that he can share amongst those guys. And uh, yeah, I think the, the young guys are really going to gravitate towards him and you know, they're going to be big sponges and absorb as much as he shows in practice and what he says in the locker room. Last one for you, Daryl. What, what do you make of free agency and the rest of the offseason for the Kings, especially when it comes to goaltending? Well, I think it's something that they, you know, that, that they're going to be uh, active in. They'll, they'll look at. I haven't heard any definitive names, but, uh, you know, it's an area that there's, there's definitely a, a hole there. Phoenix Copley did an outstanding job last year. Uh, Corpusalo came in in the trade at the end and, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to test the waters and, you know, see where, you know, where his value is at. But the Kings are, you know, let's face it, they're, you know, they're in a little bit of a, a crunch and with regards to dollars because of the commitments that they've made now, uh, most recently with Dubois and then Gabrikop uh, just uh, recently a couple of weeks ago. So it'll be a little bit tight, but uh, management, uh, ownership and, uh, you know, uh, you know, Luke Robitaille, the whole group will be together with uh, with their staff over there, and I'm sure they've got so many different scenarios going on that they'll find a piece that'll fit this puzzle and uh, and take the Kings to the next level. Uh, they've been in the playoffs the last couple of years. Now they're looking for a way not only to win in the playoffs, but you know, go deep and eventually you know hoist Lord Stanley over their head again. Uh, that's the goal of the organization. And they've made some great strides over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, Daryl, I think you look at the L.A. Kings and you look at this trade and, you know, perhaps some people will look at it and say the Kings won. Maybe some people say the Jets won. But I actually 100 percent believe that both teams uh, are better uh, based on this on this move that they've made here. So Daryl Evans, L.A. Kings color commentator uh, joining us. Daryl, take care. Enjoy the summer and we'll, we'll talk again when hockey gets going again. Okay. yeah, you guys have a great summer and uh, we're going to see you early in the season over there in Winnipeg. So. Oh yeah, we will. that's absolutely we will. yeah. Tuesday, First homestand, October seventeenth. Pierre Luc Dubois returning uh, to Canada Life Center. Joe, you take care. Okay, the weather will be great for okay. a run for you that day, uh, Daryl. You? No, it's going to be too warm. What do you mean? I'm used to uh, I'm like <laughs> below there. It's going to be killing me. It's going to be maybe. It might be zero when I get there. <laughs> oh, don't say that. We gotta we gotta squeeze as much as we can out of summer anyway. Good, Thanks, good running right, weather anyway. Great <laughs> weather I hear today, so that's nice. It is. Oh yeah. Have a great summer, Daryl. All right, guys, enjoy it. Take yeah, care. Absolutely. I always love having Daryl. Oh, Daryl's a great guy. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Uh we turn to the other remaining players. Connor Hellebuck, Mark Shifley, still decisions to be waiting on them. Free agency tomorrow. Oh, holy moly. This is crazy. And you know what also has to be done is qualifying offers have to be done yeah, by 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, Morgan Barron, Rasmus Kupari, Kevin Stanland, Gabe Velarde, Dylan Samberg, Logan Stanley, Alex Limoges, Declan Chisholm, Leon Gavanka is listed on there, but we know that they're not going to qualify. He's already signed in Germany. And Arvid Holm. I'll wait and see what happens with those guys. And uh, as Declan well, Declan Chisholm's interesting to me. It's not waiver exempt next year. That's the they're well, not going to want to do. I wonder if they don't and then try to sign him. You imagine or? they go through this off season and 
it's Logan Stanley and Declan Chisholm and Ville Hainala. Nothing's moved on that blue line. It's just interesting. Uh, I don't. I don't think that happens. But we'll neither see. do I. We'll wait and see. But free agency. I know it's not a deep free agent pool, but I think that'll spark trade movement. Yeah. And then just even as far as the Kings, like they're up against the crunch. What do they do for a goalie? Yeah. Every stuff? team's free waiting agencies. to see what happens in free agency. How much dollars are left? And then you think Blake th- signs tomorrow? Uh no, I don't think. I think he takes his time. I yeah, think he I gets a bunch. I. He gets a bunch of options. Um, and then he goes and does the tour. And I think in him and his wife make a decision. That's what I think is going to happen. So prefers East, but money will talk. But contending teams don't have a lot of money in the West. So I, if he prefers East, as according to his agent through Elliot Friedman, as we we saw Friedman report earlier in the show. I don't know. Like there's Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Toronto. I don't know if he's interested in that fishbowl. I don't think, I don't Toronto, think so. No. Um well hey, I could be completely wrong. Uh more reports they on can't afford. a player that you that looks no, they certainly can. You look at Mark Shifley and you look at his offensive numbers, and there's a player uh and it's got similar, perhaps even better offensive now, I would say better, uh last year at least. Darren Dreger in TSN Insider reporting, there may not be that much of a significant market for that player. Who am I speaking about, and how is he different to Mark Shifley, but what are also the comparables? We'll get into that after this. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back to the show. Hey, make sure you give us a download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Jets at Noon, at like you send an email, you can find us. Uh, podcasts have been doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for everybody who's been downloading it. Let's keep that rolling. Uh, Darren Drager. Friend of the program, NHL insider uh, discussing the trade market for William Nylander of the Toronto Maple Leafs, saying it may not be that significant. And that got me thinking, Jim, because when you look at Nylander's numbers and you look at Mark Shifley's numbers, you know, Nylander 40 goals last year, Shifley 42, Nylander 87 points, Shifley 28 points, uh, Nylander plus 10, Shifley minus 16 uh, and then you look at the time on the ice, you know, more time on the ice over two minutes, almost two minutes on average, more Mark Shifley, um, you know, cap hits Shifley 6.125 Nylander just South of $7 million in the 2.962 range. Uh, now I understand that there's some differences here. I mean, we we have a center, that guy that goes down the middle of the ice versus a winger. Um, but I see some comparables there, and I wonder, Jim, you know, if if Mark Shifley is in the market, and we do know that 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 general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, Kevin Chevaldeoff, has been listening uh, to teams and, and inquiring about what it would take to bring Mark Shifley over there. Is the offseason of change can or perhaps will continue? Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, when it comes to a market for a guy like like Mark Shifley, and I understand like Nylander's out there asking for. 10, 11, but you know, Mark Shifley has been underpaid for a long time as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. No matter what you think of him as a player, he's been underpaid for a long time. He's going to want something like that. Is there a market for Mark Shifley? And I think that's the problem, right? Because everybody wants him at 6 million this year, but the cost of getting him and not knowing if he's going to sign. So then the conversation like Dubois comes up of, well, how can we sign him if we make this trade? And then if he's saying what Nylander's saying, 10 or 11, there's not a lot of teams that can afford that. Mm-hmm. So the teams that would love to get Mark Shifley at $6 million, but don't want to send three or four assets to get him if he's not going to stay, and if he does want to stay, 
can't afford 10 or 11, that's tough. I mean, Nylander's situation is interesting. Dave Poulin had this on SportsCenter last night. For the last four years, Mitch Marner has made $4 million per year. $4 million per year more than William Nylander. And during that time, Marner has 62 more points than Nylander over those four years. Nylander, in fact, has 21 more goals than Marner. Hmm. So you can understand why Nylander's going, it's a 10. I'm on the same production. I'm 62 points over four years behind Marner, but I'm 21 goals ahead of him. What's the hardest thing to do in the NHL? Score. I would like $10 million. And you don't have to compare it to Shifley. You have to compare it to Marner. Yeah. That's what you're paying a guy to produce on the same level, essentially. This is what Brad Living is now dealing with with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Was, and, like, and, why would Nylander and go? And inexperienced Ken du, uh, Kyle Dubas sign these contracts with these guys. Why would and Nylander he set the go, comparable within his organization. I'm on par production-wise with Nylander. In fact, I have 21 more goals over the last four years, but I'll take $3 million less. Like, that's what, I mean, look, I've been on this for years. The contracts were asinine. Now, Shifley, I think, is going to ask for 10. Yeah. He deserves eight. Yeah. He's, he's underpaid right now. I mean, people wonder why, like when we said this week, and a lot of people have said, not just us, but on this program, we said, I don't think you're going to get a Dubois package for yeah, Shifley. Not. It's not. because Dubois is 24. So here's 8.5, and I'll, I'll love to have you at 26, 27, 28. Shifley's going to be 30. Let's take, that'll be it. Hey, everybody have a this wonderful. This is a great song, but if you're going to start a long weekend, it starts and ends with Helix Heavy Metal Love. <laughs> Jim told to take you Enjoy all the way until weekend, 3 o'clock. Cam. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche. I'm running out of the building just Drink for him. Drink it in today. In about two seconds here as soon as the show's over. Everybody have a absolutely wonderful Canada Day long weekend. Enjoy this great country that we have here. Canadian uh, that band. I'm always grateful to be a part of. And uh, Heavy yeah. Heavy metal, metal love. love. We got to wrap up the show. I'll be back on Tuesday. See Enjoy ya. your weekend. Sugar pie. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.